0: Welcome to a special tour report I guess this week for the Live Golf Jeddah event, they're over in Saudi Arabia and um, the event kicks off on Friday on the Live Golf Tour. Now uh, Elk and I are here because, and we talk about this all the time, there's a lot of demand for Live Golf content and we didn't do a show for the Bangkok event last week and we got inundated with people saying Where was your live show? Why are you not talking about it? Um, So with it being in Bangkok last week, neither of us watched it. We were both very honest about that with the time difference. Um, I guess the same problem that we're facing with the PGA Tour and the Zozo Championship in Japan this week. But Elk, we wanted to jump on. There's a lot to talk about. There's always a lot to talk about concerning live golf. And and we're going to address some of that today.
2: Yes, indeed. Of course. Wherever I go, Diane, even over at my club, I, I'm always inundated with people talking about live. Would I have gone when I was at my prime? Would I have? Uh, would I go now if they asked me? Of course, I'm way too old for live, but a uh, lot of questions. Uh, what is the tour going to do? Uh, what's going to happen when they elevate some of these events on the PGA Tour like the Memorial, like the Los Angeles tournament? Will the little ones like the Houston Open go away? Do they not want to be in their slot anymore? Will the Tour force these tournaments to come up to $20 million and they've lost half their product? And mm-hmm. is it an easy sell? It's not an easy sell, of course. So Jack Nicholas had some interesting comments. We're going to talk about uh, that in the show today, just about that subject I just talked about. But interestingly enough, the course they're playing this week, Diane, uh, you'll tell us the past champions. We know Dustin Johnson has already won the race, uh, the live race for the individual, picked up an eight cool 18 million bucks. But isn't it funny, Diane, that Dustin Johnson and a bunch of others were released by the PGA Tour years ago to go play in this exact event on this exact course. So there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, the spokes aren't quite lining up on everything, as you would say.
0: I know, and uh, and we will we'll talk about the event more. Royal Greens Golf and Country Club is the event. Dustin Johnson's won on this course twice at the Saudi International. Gray McDowell. He won here as well in 2020. And then Harold Varner won just earlier this year. So um, the course has hosted a lot of events. Obviously, those four versions of the Saudi International, Ladies European Tour events, the Aramco Women's Series as well, which is funded by uh, Gulf Saudi. So we'll, we'll go into all of that. And we'll uh, I've got some of the odds as well um, and some good picks that we're maybe going to look at. But let's go back. I think let's start with... Um, We'll start with maybe the state of the PGA Tour and Jack Nicholas's comments that you alluded to there. Um, You know, with these elevated events and more money on the table for PGA Tour players and what Jack said, it's almost like it's going to create a divide on the PGA Tour, you know, two tours almost.
2: Yeah, before I get to Jack's comments, I wanted to mention something about Harold Barner III. He won this tournament uh, earlier this year. Remember, uh, that was opposite the Pebble Beach AT&T Pro-Am and the tour did a deal where they let all those guys go over to Saudi Arabia and play, knowing they said, if you go to Saudi, you have to come back here and play Pebble Beach next year. Well, Mm -hmm. of course, that's all gone. That's off the table. So that negotiation didn't go well. But anyway, uh, back to Jack Nicklaus was mentioned yesterday in an article uh, was saying that with the elevated events, they're having 10 events that are going up to, to $20 million, and he doesn't even know what the majors are going to come in at, but he's the recipient of one at the Memorial Tournament, will be twenty. Will be $20 bucks. He was more concerned, Diane, that he's also um, involved with the West Palm event, the Honda Classic, that sits between a $20 million event, the Los Angeles tournament, and a $20 million Bay Hill event. He said, look, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be in between those two for $8 million. I want to move that date. Um, so they're feeling pressure. He said Jay Monaghan has a lot of work to do because he feel like he feels like there's two tours now. There's this elevated group and there's the, the guys that are just trying to be in the elevated group. So um, very interesting hearing him say out loud what everyone is worried about.
0: Mm -hmm. and with these elevated events um, and we talk about the the waste management the WM Phoenix Open quite a lot next year is going to be a big one for them because they have Super Bowl weekend and the Super Bowl is going to be held in Phoenix so they I mean it's going to be an amazing atmosphere and a great weekend to be there anyway but you know we had said when we heard there was going to be these new elevated events would the WM Phoenix Open be one of them? But they're sandwiched in that time, um, round about Riviera, you know, not long before Bay Hill. They can't really squish all of these elevated events together.
2: Well, I do think, I think the PGA Tour is going to nominate or announce maybe two or three more elevated events. I think one of them could be the Phoenix Open, could be San Diego, could be Pebble Beach. But, you know, Phoenix Open or the waste management doesn't really need to elevate. It doesn't need to go to twenty million, and I'll tell you why. It's on Super Bowl weekend. We already know the scene at waste management. Do (laughs) they throw another ten million bucks in? And how do they return on? How do they get their return on their investment? They've already got a wait list of four hundred companies that are trying to buy tickets at the waste management. They can't get any more people in that event, so it's a no-brainer that they don't want to elevate. However. If they don't elevate, does the tour move them out of that slot and put them somewhere else? And that's the fizzle or the end of that big scene. So (laughs) very very interesting.
0: And how will the field suffer as well? Because they've always had a really stellar field and they've lost a lot of big names that would traditionally go and play that event all the time. I mean, Brooks Koepka springs to mind immediately, past champion there. Um, They've they've lost a lot of those names that have gone to live.
2: Yeah, and I'm not sure that um, what field shows up in in the WM will be still will be the same scene I think I don't think that's that's one that's kind of protected yeah. uh, field wise but if they did go to 20 would that get them another how many players I honestly uh, I, I know for a fact that the the top players on the PGA Tour the JTs Justin Thomas that is the Jordan Steves of the world John Rams. They don't want to be told by the tour that they've got to play in a dozen events, all the same event. Mm -hmm. They have thrown some bait into the arena, Diane, $100 million of PIP, but still, John Rahm's already come out and said, take me off that list. I'm not playing in every event that you tell me to play in. So there's a little bit of jockeying even amongst the players. What's the tour going to do? But it's all still up in the air, Diane, but there's no doubt when we have, when you have 15, $20 million events on the tour and the rest of them are eight, that's a big, that's a big difference Uh hierarchy.
0: And for someone like John Ram, we saw it last week when he played um, DP World Tour in the Spanish Open, his home open, and he went on to win it. He's, He's going to honour those commitments. Like he said, it was almost his duty that he had to go play in his National Open. And then, of course, there's the Ryder Cup issue as well, in that he has to fulfil the criteria to be eligible to play in the Ryder Cup, which means he's going to have to go over and play DP World Tour events every now and again, too, which by the sounds of it, he, he wants to do anyway.
2: Yeah, Rahm's already stated. Look, he said, I play these dozen on the on the PGA Tour, or or dozen plus the majors. That's sixteen. I I like to play another four or five over there. He's not going to be told that he's got to play in X, Y, Z in America to get inside of this program. He's just not going to do that, and I I don't blame him. Um, So they have some. The tour has its own problems, Diane. Right now, on on negotiating and working its way through. This scenario, the Houston Open, for example, is in the fall. I know for a fact that Jim Crane, the owner of that event, would like to be elevated. However, for him to be elevated, he needs to be in the spring. We used to be the tournament before the Masters back in the day. And if he doesn't, he may just pull the whole thing out. There may not be a Houston Open. So we'll see what's going on there.
0: Okay, right. Well, let's jump over and talk about the official world golf ranking points on the Live Tour, because a couple of weeks ago, it was announced that they've got this new strategic alliance with the MENA Tour, and we were all like, what? (laughs) Had you heard of the MENA Tour before this came out?
2: I had not. Me (laughs) neither. Interestingly, if I went over and played in a MENA Tour event, then Mm -hmm. I would automatically be getting uh, world ranking points for playing that event because they were already – uh, certified as getting points, and I think the Live Golf Tour aligned themselves with that because they were already pre-pre uh, certified by the uh, official World Golf Rankings.
0: But then the OWGR said that they they kind of sprung this on them, and they didn't have enough time to really go through it. So no. OWGR points were going to be awarded for the Live Bangkok event or the Live Jeddah event. And actually, this event is the end of the season long, the seven events that make up um, the Live Golf season. We're going to talk about all of that a little bit later on and how it works. But um, so they haven't come out and said 100% no. Um, and obviously, this week we've heard from a lot of the players. Graham McDowell's been talking about it, Bryson DeChambeau Harold Varner. Um, I loved his comments actually this week in his press conference in Jeddah because he was almost saying like we kind of knew what we were getting into when we all signed with Liv we knew that there was no official world golf ranking points up for grabs at that point so um, and I I always enjoy his perspective he gives a bit of a fresh perspective on it but what do you think about this where we're at with it all and um, if if Liv are going to be maybe having to modify their product to get these world ranking points
2: well, I get this question every day, a lot of a lot of times. <clears throat> so I've given it a lot of thought. It's it's very clear to me that Live Golf is trying to do pretty much everything they can to adhere to the regulations to, to receive points, whether it's aligning himself with the um the manner, Is it the mana? The Manner. <laughs> with the MANA tour. Uh, they are considering possibly having a cut. They're considering lengthening in their fields a little bit. They're sort of it's very clear that they're trying to cooperate on that side of it. It's also very clear when you go over to the official World Golf Ranking side of it, they're not really that interested in helping them out. They're they're saying, look, here's our criteria. You've got to fit these, you know, you've got to do these things if you want to be considered, and it may take a couple of years to do it. I think certainly going back to this side of it, the players are absolutely 100% good enough. It's a good enough product, good enough tour to receive points in some fashion. Going back on this side, I think official World Golf Ranking is scared to give them points because it could be a mass exodus of any of those tourists to go to live for five times the money that they're playing for. So it's a very much of a cat and mouse they could sit. I think Bryson DeChambeau or some of the other guys have said, if they wait too long, the points on live, all the guys like the Dustin Johnson's of the world, they're just gonna keep falling, 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 Mm -hmm. falling. And if then they finally give them some points, they'll never make it back up again to get into the majors. And that could be the goal of, of, of this side. Could be.
0: Mm-hmm. But what about the the argument that, and, and I'm guessing that Liv wouldn't be awarded full world ranking points anyway, even if they were, because the field size is so different. Like they have a field size of 48 players and they're talking about maybe introducing this cut where three players would be cut and then... There would be 45. Um, also the 54 hole thing, I mean is it fair for them to get world ranking points when they're playing less golf against way less people?
1: It's a
2: fair question and I think um, if you listen to Greg Norman speak on this, uh, which hardly anyone does, um, they're not opposed to maybe moving to 72 holes Okay. Maybe moving the cut line, let's say it was 60 players and they they cut to, say, 45 over the weekend, um, and let's say the 15 guys that missed the cut, they could still play and maybe just playing for their team as opposed to playing in the individual event could be something that's on the table. I've heard from some of the players on the live that, They've already told um, the powers to be that if they went to 72, they wouldn't be opposed to that. There's only 14 events. That'd be 14 more days that they would play golf in a season, two weeks. So it's it's not a big deal for them to go to 72.
0: Somebody, um, we went on our social media and said, you know, if anyone had questions or comments to send them in and somebody, I don't have the name in front of me, but it was a really good question um, to put to you. And it was, if you were playing on the PGA Tour still and you hadn't gone to live for your own personal reasons or you hadn't been approached to go, how would you feel about and let's use uh, Eugenio Shakara as an example, who won the Live Bangkok event, fresh out of college, signed with Live. His team won. He won the individual. He took home 4.75 million. So the guy, all of a sudden, has made all this money. How would you feel if you were on the PGA tour and he didn't only win all that money, but he got official world golf ranking points as well? Would you feel a little bit hard done by?
2: It's a fair question. Um, before I answer that particular one, I'd say going back to Eugenio Chichara who came out of college, that's <clears throat> that's the best opportunity that any young player has to go to live because they're not affiliated with any tour. They're just yeah. coming out of college. If they're good enough to get an invite to go to live, they probably should take it because there's so much free money for them to get their hands on, And uh, you know, in this case, 4.75. <laughs> now, back to your question, if I was on the tour and, and I um, – wasn't good enough to get an invite from LIV that would tell me that I was probably I didn't have a lot of wins I was probably a 60th to 120th fifth player on the tour I didn't get any any uh, money offered to me to be to LIV would I be mad about that <clears throat> I don't think so I mean I'd still I'd still be thankful for the opportunity that I had to play on the tour mm-hmm. I mean the first thing when you get on tour Diane is you've got to stay on it now LIV doesn't have that problem Let's, put, let's take the Jason Duffner, for example. He, he has major credentials, hasn't played any good golf. He didn't get an invite to live. Um, I asked him, uh, are you mad that you didn't get an invite? He goes, no. He goes, I'm the 400th ranked player in the world. They don't want me over there. I don't deserve to be anywhere. I've got to stay right here and prove it again one more time to myself and everyone else that I can make a check. So I think, I hope I answered
0: that question. Yeah, yeah. And I get it that it's very different for the different grades of people. The Eugenio Shakara, I've really been quite invested in this because it's, as you say, he didn't have an affiliation with another tour. So coming out of college, you know, we talk about guys getting their first win on the PGA Tour being life-changing. He just won (laughs) $4.75 million, which is insanity really when you break it down but he hasn't had to qualify to get where he is right so a lot of these guys would come out of college they maybe you know if they were really well-known players they might have had like um i think of cole hammer who you know well obviously texas boy but he gets sponsor exemptions and pops up every now and again on the pga tour but Most of these guys have to go play um, either mini tours or get to corn ferry tour and they have to like pay their dues before they get to the PGA tour. So for him to have earned 4.75 million it would have taken him years to do that if he'd gone through the rankings um, that I just discussed. So like for him to get world ranking points would it just be a little bit like farcical all of a sudden, this guy hasn't had to qualify for anything. He gets this offer from Liv. Fair enough, he, he beat some of the world's best and played great. But should he really be getting world ranking points? Should that even be a discussion?
2: Well, he, he was the second-ranked amateur in the world when he went to Live. <clears throat> my argument back to you would be that if, if chichara left college last year and didn't go to live, he would be entitled to the same amount of sponsor exemptions onto the tour that Cole Hammer did. Mm-hmm. He would probably get five unrestricted sponsor exemptions onto the tour, I think maybe even seven. <clears throat> I think it's five. So to turn your argument the other way, chichara could have could have got invited just like uh, Cole Hammer did. Uh, yeah. And if he played well in, say, the Phoenix Open where he where he qualified, he would get he would get world ranking points, of course. If he won the tournament coming out of college, like Phil Mickelson did when he came out of college, same university, uh, uh, Phil came out and won a tournament in Tucson and went straight into the Masters Yeah, yeah. back then he because he beat everyone. Yeah. So does, should chichara get exemption to Augusta for winning last week? No. No. <laughs> he should not
0: but and let let me just say I'm all for it I think last week having Shakara and Tom Kim winning on the PGA Tour seeing these young guys go out there and beat the best players in the world on both these tours is amazing and putting all the animosity aside between the PGA Tour and Liv it's inspirational and should be celebrated the fact that these young guys are playing such good golf to go out there and win
2: the question I have and I don't know the answer to this, if Chachara says, you know what, I've had fun over here, guys. I've got $5 bucks in my pocket at the end of the next week in Miami or two weeks, I'm going to go play the tour. (laughs) I wonder if the tour has any restrictions on Chachara, Eugenio. In other words, if he says, I I don't think they do. I think, for example, I asked my friend Stu Redson, who's the CMO at Waste Management, can you give Chachara an invitation to your event in February? And he said, it's a good question. I don't know, but I would be assuming if he wasn't never going to go back to live, of course he could come play our event and then he would be a PGA Tour member. And if he left, he would get suspended like everyone else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's an interesting question.
0: Yeah, I don't know the answer to that either. I, I would love to know.
2: But I don't think he's leaving when there's that kind of cash laying around. On the floor.
0: <laughs> Especially when his team won as well. They're like, you're staying. We're going to protect you at all costs. Um, Let's talk about Liv and the points and the fact that it was announced that Dustin Johnson won the individual points title already which was a bonus of $18 million after the seven event season. So we've been really looking into this and how it all works. Um, 40 million is split between the top three so 18 million to the winner 8 million to second and 4 million to third (laughs) and (laughs) this this event in Jeddah is the the final one where that money's up for grabs so Dustin Johnson has already won no one was going to catch him he had 121 points from everything he'd played so far Um, the top 24 are awarded points but what's really interesting is numbers 2 to 15 in those standings right now are separated by just 39 points and whoever wins the event gets 40 points so this week in Jeddah there's not only the (laughs) prize money and the 4 million to the eventual winner and the money for the team but there's also the second and third season long fund to play for, which is, I mean, we're talking silly money now.
2: Yes. And for anyone to think that um, these guys aren't trying hard, those guys, of course, if you finish second on the points, you're going to gain eight million. I think Brandon Grace is uh, in the, in, currently in, the, in second place. So if he holds his position. He makes another $8 million and then the third place gets another $4 million, and everyone else below that gets zero. Uh, they will, of course, get their prize money for the week. There's two things going on. I texted Greg Norman this week uh, only because his father passed away in Australia. Merv was a good friend of mine, 95 years old, had a wonderful life. Um, and I asked him, you know, what what's at stake this week? I said, I'm doing a show. I want to get it right. He said two things are two things are at stake. Um, the individual, as you just talked about, there's two, two, um, two guys up from, two, two guys have a chance to make some big money and then, the seeding of the teams for the Miami event. <clears throat> of course, we know in two or three weeks from now when they go to Miami, it's the final uh, event of the live season. They're, all the teams play against one another. Interesting format, Diane. They have a four-ball team and they have an alternate shot team. And the rankings, the seeding will be number one is the four aces. They'll go into Miami number one seed. They'll get a bye in the first round. So they're all jockeying. Uh To get into this match play format at Miami. And why don't you tell us, Diane, what the teams make for the winning of that? little contest
0: it is um insane so the team championship is the big miami event and the top 12 teams get to play um so then they're all playing for extra money obviously first there's a a fifty million purse (laughs) for the team championship first place team gets 16 million split four ways and the team that finishes in last place in 12th gets a million split four weights. So for these guys this week, the ones that are roundabout kind of 12th and lower, like they want to really make sure that they can get in there because even if they finish in last place in Miami, they're still getting a quarter of a million bonus each. Um, The four aces team are um, you know flying high we know that they've got 140 points right now that's Dustin Johnson Taylor Gooch Patrick Reid and Pat Perez we obviously hear a lot from Pat about how their team is going so they've got 140 points second place are the crushers which is Bryson Paul Casey um, Charles Howell the Third, and Anna Barn Lahiri they've got 80 points so you can already see the discrepancy and how the four aces are you know really up there but it's we're we'll go into that before the Miami event and we'll really break down how how it all works over the 3 days but it's um that that's going to be fun and it's piqued my interest i mean like listen is the money ridiculous yes
2: yeah if this was a product that was sort of everyone endorsed We'd be really looking forward to seeing the four aces play a, an alternate shot be, with Justin Johnson and Pat Perez playing as a team, and then uh, Patrick Reed and Taylor Gooch going mm-hmm. against Bryson's team or going against uh, Brooks Kepka's team. It would be something to see, and and we're gonna we are going to watch it and we're going to check it out and um, report it back to you.
0: Yeah, so um, that's coming up Miami in a few weeks. Let's go back to Jeddah this week. We said it was the Royal Greens Golf and Country Club, a course that we've seen a lot before for uh, the four versions of the Saudi International. DJs won two of those already: Gray McDowell and Harold Varner. So it's uh, all the guys that have won that tournament are now live golfers, <laughs> and they're back there this week. Um, but it's a par seventy two, seven thousand and ten yards, so you know, pretty short course. We Views of the Red Sea, as you can see behind me, um, it's going to be windy out there. I know you've been talking to a few guys, you know, from the Secret Golf team. We have Mark Leishman, Jason Kokrak, Pat Perez, they're out there. What have they been telling you about the course this week?
2: All of them said the same thing. It's so hot right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so hot. They're thinking about being in the fall in America, and now they're over there, and it's very, very hot. Um and the course is very soft right now. They, they do expect to have some wind as the course, as the week goes along. But a lot of players are familiar with this course, Diane. I asked them if they thought the scoring would be low, and they, they thought it would. But everyone is very focused on – I talked to um, you know them about the team event. They're very focused on getting seated correctly because, as you say, there's a lot of money at stake. And, by the way, I was in the golf course the other day, and they were saying someone, – someone in my group was talking about um, – are these players motivated to try hard when they're playing for live? And someone said, motivated? He said, have you ever played against a tour player on, on any at any place? He said, look at this guy He's talking to me. He goes, he'll, he'll try to kill you for five bucks. So most tour players are very motivated when it comes to money, particularly, Diane, when you said if you can get into the four million or the eight million this week. Uh-huh. and 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 there's zero on the other end of it they're going to be quite motivated so yeah um,
0: when Liv first started that was one of the big questions you know um, no disrespect to them but I'm talking about like Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood and guys that were maybe approaching the end of their not the end of their career but their, the end of being like Rider Cup heroes, I guess, on the European team and and what was going to be their motivation. But, like, look at Dustin Johnson, look at Cam Smith. I mean, um, Patrick Reed even finished runner-up last week. Like, these guys are, there's a lot of motivation in the form of the cash, for sure. But from what I've seen, the standard of their play has not slipped.
2: Yeah, and when you think of, you mentioned Cam Smith, of course, we know he just won the Open Championship at St Andrews. He is exempt now for the majors, Diane, for the next five years. So that's twenty majors that he, we'll see Cam Smith allegedly. If, if as long as the majors, the majors, <laughs> I feel like some someone asked me the other day, do I think the majors will let these guys play? And my opinion is, I think they. Sh- I think they don't have to say a word. They only have one event per year. Whoever's exempt to get into their event should play. If they're not exempt, then they can't get in, obviously. And how long will it be before these live guys actually drift out if they don't get any points? Well, we know one, it'll be five years from now. We'll still have uh, Cam Smith playing in the Masters and the other three uh, in 2027. So Dustin Johnson, will they let all the, all the past champions of Augusta come in? I don't feel like Augusta is going to push those guys out. Do you?
0: I don't know and, and Cam Smith who has not won the green jacket before but has always played well and had some really great finishes at the Masters um, loves Augusta National he's said openly that he'd be heartbroken if he couldn't play at the Masters um, considering you know obviously he is exempt um, with, with everything he's achieved so for him I mean that's that would be awful even for us Like, do we really not want to see the world's best playing in the majors? It's a really, really tough call. Um, Dustin Johnson, you know, Cam Smith, Bryson, how are the majors going to be affected if these guys aren't playing? It's, I don't know, I feel very 50-50 on it, very split on it, um, because you want to see the world's best teeing up in in these four huge events every year.
2: Yeah, and let me ask you a question. Considering your Ryder Cup team is quite uh, not not quite as <laughs> strong as it used to be, we we just saw the American team at the Presidents Cup how strong they are. It's sort of like when we played against Scotland in cricket or in rugby. They go through different eras where we're super strong, and then you guys are super strong because of the eras they go through. Right now, the Americans are absolutely loaded without any live players at all. Maybe Dustin Johnson throw him in there. Maybe uh, Bryson DeChambeau. That's a maybe. Um, but Europe, Diane, um, Eugenio Chichara, should he be a? Would he be a great pick? Would uh, can Neiman play? No, Neiman's on our deal. Uh, some of these guys, Sergio—would they want to be then back involved in, in a in a captaincy or a vice captaincy? Would Would you want to pull all those guys? Would you want to have that available to you, Diane? The uh, world's best.
0: I mean, I'm looking forward to a a new. European Ryder Cup team so the likes of uh, Poulter Westwood Sergio I don't really care I'm like they're gone yeah Yeah. that's it Um, I've been following the DP World Tour over the last few weeks just to see obviously Robert McIntyre the Scot has been playing great Uh, Eugenio Shakara has a long way to go he won one live event after college long way to go before he would kind of prove his worth, I guess. Um, but hey, I mean, after the performance that we saw in Bangkok, who knows? But I think it's going to be it's going to be a different team. It's going to be a, a young team, and I think that that's exciting. We have to <laughs> we have to be excited about that. And these guys are maybe seeing this like amazing opportunity to step up and fill some of these key roles. So. We've got we've got a lot of time to go yet but I think it's exciting for sure. You have to be excited. <laughs> if not, it's <laughs> bad state.
2: <laughs> do you think that the official golf world ranking committee will give points to live in 2023?
0: Um I do. I do think there's going to be some points allocated. I think it's going to be um, minimum points for sure. But I think that there will be some points allocated. Do you agree?
2: I do. I think uh, I do. Um, There's so many good players on the live tour. We see the difference that what it's done to the tour, the tour now is sort of fractured itself. They said, okay, we've got to keep up. We're going to, we're going to have at least 10, $20 million events. And by the way, the tour put the money out of their own pocket into Miami, into um, LA. Um, They're not going to keep doing that. They raised the players championships purse again uh, put $100 million into PIP. That's all a response. they are given $500,000 to rookies that come on tour for expenses. They're paying $5,000 on a miscut. All the things that we talked about 20 years ago that we would like to have seen <laughs> all came about because of Lyft. Do you think, Diane, if they sat down together, let's say that you and I were in the room and we sat down together with Monaghan and Greg Norman and talked about the possibility do you think that may happen? Rory McIlroy recently has asked for a sit-down, a truce, if you will, uh, to sit down and talk about this.
0: I don't know. Right now, from the outside, I don't see that as a, a possibility. Um, I don't know. But then, like, we need to find harmony somewhere because the world of professional golf and the the world's best is so fragmented right now. And... there's so much animosity it's mean like some of the comments and stuff that you read online I'm like oh my gosh it's not worth this but I I mean I don't know I cannot see them I cannot see Jay Monaghan and the PGA Tour wanting to sit down with Liv right now yeah I
2: I, I think I think they will sit I think they will sit down Diane I think Monaghan will have to sit down eventually with Greg Norman I think there'll be outside pressure whether it's from Fisher World Golf other board members um Tour players are going to get involved. Roy McIlroy has already said he wants them to sit down and talk about it. Is there a scenario, Diane, where Live Golf could have 12 or 15 events around the world and if you participate in Live events, uh, blessed by the tour, you have to come back and play 15 events or whatever the number is on the PGA Tour. Would it be better for the fans if we all got to see all these guys together playing you know, 15, 18 weeks together? Yes, that'd be good. I did. I did see a quote from uh, Lee Westwood yesterday, saying that um, when they were in Bangkok, and they had all those junior golfers out there. None of those junior golfers will ever see any tour players like the caliber of the Live guys or anyone up close like they did. So yes, Live Golf is actually going around the world and creating some uh, good scenes and and some good visions. I remember when I was a young player growing up in Australia. Used to take the train for 20 hours down to Sydney to see Jack Nicholas when he come over. Gave me the inspiration to go back and work on my swing. So certainly in that regard, Diane, those young players in Bangkok are certainly seeing the best players uh, up close and taking that back to practice with.
0: Okay. And there was one more question that came in on our Twitter that I thought was worth talking about. It was from (laughs) Zitti. And um, it was in reference to whether or not the live guys should be getting world ranking points and be allowed to play in the majors. Um, And Zitti said the majors are bigger than any player. The only guys missing out are those who feel they're not worthy of true competition. In my mind, there's one question. If Liv didn't want to just buy their way straight to the top, why didn't they simply build the Asian tour slowly over a period of years and then entice the best players to an evolving tour? Interesting because we spoke about the alliance now that Liv has with the MENA tour but they also are part of the Asian tour so I wonder why they didn't focus on the Asian tour before they got involved with the MENA tour I don't
2: think the Liv product could have evolved slowly. I think it had to come in the way it did just to get everyone's attention. To, In other words, to pull, pull a good enough players over. I mean, look at Cam Smith. I mean, Cam Smith's the current uh, players champion, the current Open champion. How do you pull him from anything? He's already loaded with cash, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to make, he already has some 25 million in official. He's probably going to make another 50 from the, those two tournaments just over the course of his 10-year exemption or five-year exemption he got. Why would he go? Is it because it's something different? Is it something fresh? We listen to Cam Smith. You got to listen to the players when they say, other than the money, um, Cam Smith talked about traveling. He talked about being home for a long time. Um, Mark Lishman talked about the opportunity to um, go back to Australia and play a lot of events. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I don't want to keep saying things that other people are going to bash what they said, but they obviously are looking for fresh. They're very, one thing I will say, they're very into the team, which I'm into the team. When I watch the golf, when I watch live, I'm watching the teams. And it's very interesting to me, Uh, you know, and I'm a tour player, solid, uh, traditional tour player for 30 years. I am enjoying the team aspect of the live golf.
0: Well, I saw Mark Leishman post pictures on his social media and he's been hanging out with Cam Smith and Matt Jones and um, they've been going out for dinners together. There's like a huge group of them. So the teams are obviously, that dynamic is working in that they're not just with each other on the course watching scores. They're actually like bonding and enjoying this experience together, as cheesy as that sounds. But um, yeah, the the (laughs) feedback has all been positive from the guys about being part of these teams?
2: Yeah, you know, in Japan, we're playing the Zozo this week. Um, Japanese players in general hang around together as a team. They used to do it sort of by their sponsors, whether it was, uh, you know, Honma or or Dunlop, or they they would all eat together, they'd all sit together and they'd all practice together. They're sort of a team atmosphere. And I think, you know, these guys, Leishman you mentioned with Cam Smith, they're real good friends, Mark, Matt Jones, all these guys from Australia, they all hang out together and they've got a common thing that they can go. In other words, I had a bad day, doesn't matter. They're going with the team to go fishing tonight, whatever. Okay, that's fine, I get it, but I'm just saying after a number of years on the tour, 10 or 15, they're tired of doing the tour thing, obviously.
0: Yeah, it's different for them, so. All right, well, very quickly, I want to run through some of the odds that we're seeing for this week. Um, Dustin Johnson, who Uh, has dominated on this course before has won it twice the saudi international here has had a couple of top 10 finishes out with that he's uh, five to one this week cam smith six to one Makin neiman nine to one um i really like harold Varner at 22 to one considering he won on this course at the start of the year
2: I like Patrick Reed who I think might jump yes. up and steal the 8 million for coming second. He's playing very good golf at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I the also team think team. Jason Kokrak. What's Kokrak's odds because he plays this course really well too.
0: Uh, Jason Kokrak's 33 to 1 this week. The other guy I like is Abraham Anser at 22 to 1 because he's played it before. He's had a good finish here before, but also his team winning last week. That has to give him a little bit of extra motivation too. So I like answer at twenty two to one.
2: I know I. I know we talked about this briefly at the top of it. But what do you think about the PGA Tour releasing all these guys to play in this exact event back in January? Was yes. that a big mistake, or was that the start of live as we know it when they actually let them all go? And now, if they let them go, there's, they're banned for life.
0: Well I think it's clear that um, by the guys playing in the Saudi International um, over the previous four years and being allowed to do so, relationships were formed because all those winners are now part of Live Golf So, and and Jason Kokrak, he had the Golf Saudi sponsorship um, after he played so I think by the tour allowing them to get over and play conversations were obviously had with Golf Saudi and I don't know if Greg Norman was involved then or what, but the fact that these, these winners, DJ, Greg McDowell, Harold Varner, are all now live golfers, you know, that, that's not a coincidence.
2: If I was on tour right now, Diane, and I was released by Jay Monaghan to go play in the Saudi Invitational in January, where I had a chance to go over and play and he let me go, the yeah. reason he let me go was it meant I'd come back. I would say to him, "Why don't you let me go play six or seven more live events, and I'll come back and I'll play that on you on this tour? Why won't you do that? You did it for me in January, and the reason he he currently is saying no is because it's a threat to the total product. We already know. By the way, I'll finish with this: the PGA Tour of product's no good." without all those guys. It's not as good. It's still okay, but they're getting killed in the ratings on these smaller events and it's going to continue to do that because we, the fan, me included, and you are going to watch those 10 or 12 super events that come on TV next year dying with every top player that the tour has got. Do you think you'll continue to tune in for all the little ones?
0: I will. I, because because my brother. Your brother. And, and I will too. And I love, I love golf. I love the PGA Tour. So I will. Um, and right now with the fall series, it's hard because they're up against football and football's back and, and rules. So on a Sunday I mean my husband is obsessed with both so we have two TVs that we set up in the living room on a Sunday (laughs) so we can watch golf and football but I get it it's just it's a tough time of year and obviously you know there's going to be these changes next year um, in the the fall season so it's hard they're up against it right now once January rolls around and we kick off in Hawaii I think things will, will be different we'll start to get back to normal but it's a it's a tough time of year right now going up against football.
2: So, Diane, you and I have both watched some of Live events and we, we know all about it, of course. That's why we're on, the, on today talking about it because we get a lot of questions. But if tomorrow and you haven't watched the Live event, you go to YouTube.com uh, uh, and you put it in Live and it'll pull it right up for you. But if you are look, tuning in for the first time, there's two big things that are at stake tomorrow. We're looking to see who's going to finish second in the points race. Brendan Grace has the lead. Bunch of guys coming in behind uh, Patrick Reed. And you've got him in front of you. There's a, there's about four or five guys that have a chance to grab eight million bucks. And then you might, then you've got to understand that they're playing as a team, and those teams combined put their they have their own leaderboard, and they're trying to get seated for the big forty or is it fifty million in Miami. So there's things to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, I'm Eastern Time Zone. They are seven hours ahead of me. So. <clears throat> so that'll be what like 6am my time to get up and, and follow along. So it's going to be easier to watch live Jeddah than it is to watch the Zozo in Japan this week. Anyway, that's for sure. <laughs>
2: I'll be looking at, I'll be looking at a little bit of both.
0: Yeah, me too. And you know, I'm going to follow the PGA tour obviously, but um, yeah, I'm a- always interested to see the comments that we get on our live golf content so i'm sure we're gonna have a lot this has been a nice long video and a good conversation about many things but you know we encourage people to leave comments and you know we're gonna keep talking about it we're gonna have a lot to talk about in the run-up to the miami team event Um, and it'll be as you say interesting this week to see who finishes second and third but keep the comments coming thank you for the views and all the support and um and yet we'll be back to talk about live golf soon